0: podcast where we discuss the challenges of leaving organized religion, in our case, evangelical fundamentalism. We share our past experiences growing up in the Christian church and talk about how we're now learning to navigate the emotional complexities of finding our true selves in our free lives. Hello, we are the Crazy Women. I'm Jamie. And I'm Kristen. And we're your hosts, and we're so happy to have you here. Okay, so today we are talking about... Faith versus church, I know the way you could say that, or internal authority versus external authority, which I know for both Kristen and I has been really integral to our, our healing, our recovery, and our um, journey of, of self-identification is learning how to separate faith from church or faith from religion. We'll just say faith from religion. Right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, I think it's kind of interesting to reflect on this, having just passed Easter, <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: yeah. And Kristen and I, you and I, both talked about this a little bit. Like that day was kind of confusing because that is a day in the United States, at least, that's so structured around the church, just the physical church. Even if you aren't a church goer, you go to church on Easter, and um, yeah, it was kind of a confusing day for both of us. Now we realized, and we were kind of talking about it. Just w- what do we do with that now? What do we do with the religious structure? Structure? How do we uh, how do we have faith in God apart from the church? Because it's not something that's really talked about much. And it's kind of radical in a way. I was thinking about that all Easter. It's like living this way where you believe in God, but you don't identify as a Christian mm-hmm. and you don't aren't labeled. You aren't a label. You aren't under existing under some religious label. It's a really radical thing to do. I think people would rather that we called ourselves maybe you disagree with me on this, Kristen, but I think I sometimes feel like people would be more comfortable if we had some label, any label hanging over us, like even just like atheist or Hindu. I feel like people would know what to do with us then.
1: Right. It's, yeah, we we naturally want to label people so that we can put them in a category. And when Mm -hmm. you're kind of, the whole point of kind of like stepping away, for me, the whole point of stepping away from the religion and from the structure is, not being categorizable like, exactly, yeah. I don't want to be just like plunked into a box and like, "You're this," because that means you're following somebody else's rules and paradigms. I want to be undefinable, I want to be mm-hmm. my own um, person with my own belief structure, and I want those things to come from inside, so yeah, that does make people really uncomfortable and and it makes yeah, it makes holidays um, require a lot more thought because you're not just doing the things you've always done um and if yeah I, I like that I'm recognizing that I don't really want to celebrate those because they're not coming from an internal motivation it's just something external that we've always done
0: right it's not authentic it's just habit right yeah yeah it, it, it is a ton of work separating faith from religious structure because it requires so much mindfulness on our own part. Like, what are we doing when we pray, when we read the Bible, when we observe um, specific holidays? What are we doing? It really requires you to get like up close and uncomfortable. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. And I love that's for me. Like one of my favorite things is like really delving into all those things and be like, why do we do this? And what's mm-hmm. going on here? and. Why are we, you know, continuing this? And so I I think that's one of the funnest parts about it is that you get to really question and um, kind of really dig deep and find out for yourself what it is you want to do and what you're doing and why. And I, I really love that part.
0: Yeah. It's incredibly authentic. And it does yeah. make people, going back to kind of what you said a minute ago, it forces people to have to get to know you mm. instead of just saying, oh, you're a Christian. This is right. my box for people who identify as Christian.
1: Right. Which is which is not any way to connect with anyone, right? Mm-hmm. Just be like, oh, you're this. Then immediately, it's like, I already know who you are. I don't need mm-hmm. to listen to you. I already know what you think. And I, this is, you know, we I, I do this. We all do this. We just like want to know really quickly about someone so we don't have to really engage <laughs> <You know laughs> right. what I mean? oh my gosh yes <laughs> it's like you can just write them off and be like oh okay you're that mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's where the like um that's what i love about you know really doing trying to to move away from these labels is that it, it forces you to really understand the person and, and to take time and to respect their perspective and their viewpoint and yeah really get authentic instead of just assuming some artificial title
0: right oh my gosh we could just keep going on this but we have notes we have pages of oh, notes Go through. Stick to the notes. <laughs> <laughs> so for people who didn't grow up in you know i can really only speak to what it was like growing up inside the christian church um kind of having my foot in different denominations uh so i don't know what it's like in other religions but i have to imagine it's relatively similar there's a structure there's a hierarchy yeah so i know that in i am only going to speak to christianity because that's all i can speak to but when you grow up in that system for people who may not know what you are taught is that this structure this hierarchy this organization effectively they may not say that but effectively what you're taught is that it is synonymous with morality to exist within the structure correctly, following their rules, spoken and unspoken, equals pleasing God. Right, and that's why when you start to open your mind that hey, maybe this isn't accurate, it's terrifying. Yeah, and I'm we've covered some of this before. It is very disorienting, mm-hmm. and we have covered some of this before. But we're gonna go through back through a bit of it again. Um, so I know that for me, one of the things. Maybe one of the key pieces that helped me to realize and start step away that, hey, maybe the structure that I'm existing within is not equal to pleasing God was. And I, I do believe I said this in a previous episode when I began to understand that everybody else in their own denominations and their own religions believed themselves to be right, too. And I could tell that they were being authentic about it. So mm-hmm. I thought, OK, so if they are authentically existing in truth. Their version of truth then truth must be something that exists outside of all these rules, outside of my little realm of experience. There just must be truth outside of it. And that really started to crack my mind open.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And Kristen, what was yours? It's interesting hearing you talk about it
1: because I, I don't know that I thought about it in the same way or it was not as clear to me when I made kind of that shift and I don't even really remember now (laughs) so I don't actually have a lot to add because I can't even really remember how that transition happened
0: for me just gradual no yeah yeah um I it was for me too it wasn't just that but I there was kind of um, a little moment where I went hey truth is separate truth is just something that exists like a law of nature basically Mm -hmm. and it is not bound by this thing that i've always thought it was intrinsically tied to Mm -hmm. so growing up in these structures you are externally governed even if they don't say that or they tell you that you're not you you are you you are basically giving other people authority to tell you what is right and wrong, to link you to God, like the priests of old in the Old Testament. It's really no different. Right. <laughs> Even though that was the point of Christ, that was the point of this Easter thing that just passed. Was, wasn't that the point? He showed up and basically said, hey, y'all are doing this wrong. You're really fucking this up. <laughs> <laughs> and we all went, oh, gee, sorry, and learned nothing.
1: <laughs> oh, G. Oh, start let's just do it in a slightly different way. just so we're gonna
0: works. call it a different name. look different, so different oh, now <laughs> <laughs> I love it when people say and i can and I can joke about this because I used to be part of it when people say like, Oh, but my church isn't actually a church and then I'm like, okay, and they tell me like what it's like, and I'm like, oh, so that's a church <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly the same thing. you're just calling it not a church mm-hmm. <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> anyway, so you're signing. Uh, no, I, that's a pretty harsh way to put it. I was going to say signing your life away to some other people, but in a way you are because you do rely on others at least pretty significantly to interpret mm. the will of God for you. And so you are, you do get to a point where you are domina- dominated by this belief system and you're not really being in charge of your life experience anymore. And at least parts of your mind are not going to be available to you because you've been told... Um, oh, well, actually, we have dominion over this. We're going to show you how this area of your mind should be working. Or, hey, that one does not align with this organization's methodology, so you just kind of keep that one boxed away. So a church, churches, for, for in my experience,
1: always want to have this ultimate highest standard that they, they say the Bible is the only way we can know the truth, the only way we can know God. You have to have this book in order to understand who God is in order to, um, understand what's right and wrong. And this is like the ultimate authority. Mm -hmm. And for me, I I think when I started to think about the fact that like, I I just always went with that and I just assumed that that was true. And then I started realizing like, well, that person believes that they're interpreting the Bible correctly And this person believes that they're interpreting the Bible correctly, but their interpretations are wildly different.
0: Right, right.
1: So it's similar to what what you were saying, but it was just like in how we interpret that right and wrong of of the Bible. And and for me, it was kind of recognizing like, why do we assume that this book kind of chosen by these random guys at one (laughs) point in history (laughs) (laughs) has like the ultimate truth of right or wrong. And then like everybody else is who who can't read or who can't have the Bible. They're all just all fucked because they don't, mm-hmm. you know, there's some like around argument around that they get like, well, they have some kind of common grace or I don't know. There's, yeah. there's some way that it's figured out. Yeah. But when I started really questioning also how the Bible came to be and how, um, how it came together and who chose what was in it and what yeah. was not. The more yeah. you start researching that and learning that, which we never really learned about. No,
0: at all. I feel like it's a dirty secret.
1: Yeah, when you really start uncovering some of that, um, but if you, I don't know if you've heard of Bill Donahue. He has some really interesting videos on YouTube. He started realizing this is just a this is just a tool that some guys. Used to control people this is not actually any kind of ultimate truth we just want it to be so that we don't have to really choose it for ourselves
0: yeah we definitely are going to do at least one episode maybe even our next one on what the bible is because there are people who are listening maybe people who are listening who don't really kind of know what we're talking about here like what is the history of how the bible came to be in our possession today, it's weird. Like, to put it mildly, it's weird. Yeah. So we're yeah. going to do an episode or two on that for sure because it's fascinating and a little bit fucked up. So <laughs> <laughs> um, that's not to say that it's, there's not value to it, but we'll get into all that in another episode. Right, right. Anyways, so, but yeah, that it's all to say that this is, you are your self-governance is taken away. It's put in hands other than your own. And the consequences of that that you're then forced to live with inside the structure are, eh, it's a bunch of different things. But the ones I have written down are like dissociation. I lived my entire life of being dissociated from my physical experience. (laughs) Because you can't be. There's too much going on. You You cannot possibly fathom or process everything that's happening to you. You just dissociate.
1: Right. You must always question everything that you experience. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. if you're constantly doing that, you have to disassociate in order mm-hmm. to survive. You mm-hmm. just can't.
0: Yeah. You're you're taught that your emotional experience is not only invalid and unreliable, but it's actually wrong. Oh my gosh, I have such a story about that. I'll go into another time. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so what you have to do Basically, then what you effectively end up having to do is um, sell yourself. And when I say that, I mm. mean, give away your heart of hearts, the parts of you that make you you that are maybe, you know, less than perfect by this mm. um, structure standards for the reward of being deemed a good person. It's, it's so heartbreaking. It's like almost making me
1: tear up to think about how we do that
0: <laughs> and how we give that away.
1: It's just so demoralizing and dehumanizing it's not it's not human it's just
0: oh yeah it's really unhuman it is not human it there's no heart in it It, Yes. like that's a cold brutal thing to say but it's a cold brutal thing there's no heart in it Mm -hmm. and then comes the day when all of a sudden your mind starts to crack open a little bit and you start to think I think it was for me, it was like, I seriously cannot live this way anymore. I cannot deny my feelings anymore. They're literally exploding out of me. I'm Mm -hmm. depressed. I'm anxious. I cannot suppress myself anymore. And so you Mm -hmm. think, okay, the way I'm living is wrong. And that's when you start to turn back towards yourself. You start to do a little bit, a gentle U-turn. And you come back to Mm -hmm. yourself and you start looking at yourself and you're going, "Who, who who are you? self yeah. at this point you've been so separated from yourself you've been taught specifically to not have a relationship with yourself anymore mm. um it's and
1: kind of like it's, oh it's just gonna say it's kind of like a falling in love with yourself you have to come to that point of accepting yourself for who you are and realizing that you have this value and you can take time to learn about yourself and that it's okay to have a self because not having a self leads to so much self-denial and misery and Mm -hmm. you can only do Mm -hmm. that for so long Mm -hmm. without totally
0: shutting down Mm -hmm. you do you really shut down you kind of physically start to shut down too as i i i definitely experienced yeah um but then it's scary. And this is kind of where you are required to have faith. I'm going to say it was for the first time in my life where mm. I thought I'd had faith before. I, I didn't have faith. What I had was fear that was fearing yes. my ship. I mm. didn't have faith. And I realized that faith comes from yourself. Mm. Faith is something that comes from deep within you. And I was so disconnected from myself that I'd never lived in faith. So that this is... I feel like this part, when you start to do that little U-turn and all of a sudden you can see yourself off in the distance and you're like, hey, who are you? I, I'm going to get a little bit closer. This is when I feel like faith comes in and you're kind of left with a choice, or at least for me it was because now you're going to start to experience fallout from the structure mm-hmm. that you are now starting to look at with new eyes. There's a new light shining on it and it's not going to like that because it really doesn't take that bright of a light, honestly, or that long of a glance
1: <laughs> before
0: you mm-hmm. go, wait, 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 wait. That doesn't make sense.
1: Right. Right, In your your inner being is so ready, and once you allow even just the tiniest bit of questioning, it it, it cracks very quickly. It has it to,
0: <laughs> it has to, yeah. and you start to experience fallout. And we've spoken about this previously, but um, it's going to be surprising. At least it was for me how much hatred I experienced from people mm-hmm. who I thought loved me, being told that I was crazy. And Kristen, I'm sure you experienced some of this too. <laughs> <laughs> But then I think for me, the hardest thing, there were two hardest things, one of which was giving myself permission to recognize myself as a divinity, in a, in effect, as a divine authority. And that was hard part number one. And then hard part number two was dealing with the guilt, because I was now openly walking against everything I was told that was going to bring me close to God, that was going to make God mm-hmm. happy to me. And it was, oh my gosh, I cannot say that emphatically enough. I was just running full force into the face, just flying right into it of people saying, these are, these are the things that are going to get you into heaven. And I was, I was openly denying it. Yeah. It was terrifying. And I dealt with the guilt and the existential fear of that every single day for so long.
1: Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I think it was really different for me because a lot of the belief system was kind of Dismantled for me while I was still under the you know authority of a church
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, because I was in an Anglican church and the priest the priest both the priests um, in that church were very unusual in fact both have left the church since we since we left as well um, that really allowed and encouraged questioning and Creative thought, and we're actively really breaking down a lot of the lies that we've been told. Specifically, I'm thinking about salvation and hell. Mm-hmm. And so, at the point when I finally decided to leave the church, my partner at the time and I both decided um, it was all that stuff had kind of been done already for us. So it was a little bit smoother for me. Mm. I feel like you had to take a much bigger leap.
0: I was very alone. I was very, yeah, very alone. alone.
1: Yeah. That was, I'm sure, much more challenging than what I experienced. That's a whole different thing. Well,
0: it was just different. I don't know if it was, we, we can, you know, quantify. Yeah. But it was just, it was just, it was clearly it was something I was able to handle because it was something that was brought to me, but it was really hard and really scary. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, I have a really supportive, deeply open-minded partner. And he just held my hand through all of it. Mm -hmm. Um, And that ended up saving me hugely, but it was terrifying. I'm going to use that word. It was terrifying, Mm -hmm. but that's, I like that we have different experiences about it, because if anybody was faced with this challenge and only had my experience to go off of, they might be like, Oh, that's scary. No, thank you. So I'm glad that there's a so gentler experiences like you, because I don't think it's going to be the same for everybody. Mine was compounded by a lot of childhood trauma, et cetera, growing up. So, mm-hmm. but that's what it, there is a journey regardless, yeah. no matter what your experience, there is a journey to transition from faith or internal authority. I think those terms are pretty interchangeable.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: from being externally governed by a church or other religious, religious structure, or even just a structure.
1: Yeah. It's it doesn't a, even have to be religious at all. It could just no, it be somebody,
0: somebody else's beliefs that they're telling you. you know? mm-hmm. 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 Yep. It could just be a parent or authority figure who has set up life for you and said, this is how life goes and has boxed you into a, um, their own methodology. It's not religious at all. Um, so there is, sort of a mundane practicality, I'm going to say, ah, maybe not mundane, but daily practicality. It's a practice. It's definitely practice, I would say, that you have Mm -hmm. to kind of commit to each and every day from transitioning from external to internal. Um, And for me, I think the battled on a daily, what I battled on a daily basis was the complete and utter terror of Mm -hmm. screwing up that I was just making mistake after mistake after mistake. Because I had no box to check. I had no criteria to glance through to tell me I was doing right. I'd I'd eschewed all that. I'd cast it aside. And so I had no idea to know if I was screwing up or not. Yeah. I had no way to tell.
1: Wow. And I love how you described that having true faith. That was I was almost getting I was getting so emotional when you were saying that. That idea that we've been told all our life what faith is and then you actually experience like being just believing what someone else tells you is not actually faith because you don't have to actually trust. You're just believing someone else's thing. Yep. Trusting yourself.
0: That's a whole nother. (laughs) That's faith. I feel like that's that's all the faith. faith. All the faith comes from you. The the center of your heart where you are. True faith springs only from you. The deepest hardest of you. And that's, Mm -hmm. I think that's when I really had to start calling on my faith to develop for the first time, this terror of not knowing if I was royally, like eternally screwing up. That was a fear I still had to confront on a daily basis was, was I condemning my soul to hell? Even after I realized I didn't believe in hell. I was still running up. It was like biological programming that I was having to sift through every single day was that I was sending myself to hell. And that was the first time that I I made a leap of faith. And I was like, I'm just going to trust that I'm not because this feels better. And I was taught that good feelings are kind of suspect, but I'm going to go with it anyway (laughs) because I'm not having heart palpitations anymore. I think that's indicative of something.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And that's when your body really starts to speak to you when you start listening and you start realizing, This feels really scary, but also I'm seeing physically the change.
0: Mm -hmm. Because your body is just – you live in a state of tension. Yeah. And then your body all of a sudden starts to open, and at first – it, if, for, for me, it felt good because I was like, woo, wow, freedom, great. And then it sucked because my body's like, okay, I, you need to detox all this panic that you've mm. never had a chance to address. And that really sucked. And now it's starting to get good again.
1: <laughs> yeah, wow, yeah. You know, I'm going to get real personal here and tell sure. a story. So I'm, I'm realizing as we're talking that for me, leaving the church and coming into my own kind of belief system, was not actually the process that brought me into myself. The pro- that process was begun with that, with leaving the church and, and, and leaving the Christian faith. But it really actually came to the transition point when I left my marriage because that was when I actually had to put the rubber to the road and trust my internal compass. Mm-hmm. And that was for me... Far more challenging than leaving an organization because now I was stepping out on my own um, and taking control of my life and not listening to other people tell me what was right and what was wrong for me. That's so scary. Um, so that was actually like you know when I, when I hear you talk about this, that's reminding me more of what it was like for me when I when I left. That situation because it was finally actually trusting myself right. and not listening to people, even outside people, people outside the church who cared about me and who were kind of really questioning me like, are you sure you're doing the right thing? You know, mm-hmm. um, that was when I had to really tune out all the other voices and trust myself. And that was scary as fuck.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> Because it's not ju- because it's affecting so many people, right? It's not just me. I have six kids, right? And partner, and family, and all these things. Um, that was when I really had to step into that and, and find that internal compass. Um, so that leaving the church was just sort of like stepping into that. That was just sort of the doorway. Um, so yeah, so it's really different for me.
0: But it, but it is a, a really beautiful analogy. It just what you said, like people saying to you when you were leaving your partner, are you sure that you're doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Do, when you're operating on faith, this is something I didn't realize when I started actually living in faith. You are not sure that what you're doing is the right thing. You're just right, <laughs> Right. And you're doing it freaking anyway. That's, that's, the-, anyway. <laughs> that's the faith. You're like, no, I have <laughs> absolutely no idea if what I'm doing is the right thing. But right. I think... It is, there's this little, little voice in me that says, let's try it anyway. And I'm going to go with that. And yeah. before I had always associated faith with certainty because there was proof, there would be proof mm. that I was doing it correctly because I could check this box and that box and get that person's approval. No, 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 no. Real mm-hmm. faith. When you're really believing yourself means a lot of the time you do not know what you are doing.
1: <laughs> right. Right. And
0: that takes so much
1: Oh, so much like growing up I think to actually be mm-hmm. like there's no one there's also there's no like parental figure sitting here being like uh no you're not doing it right you, okay. you know it's just you it's you're just you. it's just <laughs> you and you can do whatever the fuck you want there mm-hmm. are going to be consequences for mm-hmm. things so you have to tune in that's when it's like stepping up and owning your decisions right exactly. and becoming your own authority is like yeah whether this is not right, there's no, this is not right or necessarily wrong, but it may have, it will have repercussions, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And so what do you want to choose? Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And, and recognizing that like you kind of form the basis for that. You, you get to decide mm-hmm. what you yeah. want to try and what's going to work and, and then figure out what works and what doesn't.
0: And basically y- you now get to decide what is right for you and what is wrong for you. And that right. takes trial and error, and it's really scary. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that, so that was something I came up against daily. It sounds like you did too, Kristen. I, I, and I, it led to for quite a period of time, especially after I had my miscarriage. I do not know why that kicked off such an identity crisis for me. Why all these things mm-hmm. kind of tied to that moment, why, that event. But I remember feeling... Like I had no identity. And and that is an incredibly uncomfortable thing to sit with. The feeling yeah. of not knowing who you are now, because you've removed all these standards that you use to define yourself. And you have to be okay with feeling undefined. And it's very hard. Hmm.
1: Why do you think that your miscarriage brought that up for you? Can you explain that a little bit more?
0: Actually, I'm not sure that I can because even now I I don't know why. It Hmm. was was just maybe thinking about it. So my husband and I were married for 10 years and very happily child-free the whole time. We'd made the decision early in our marriage that we didn't want to have children. We just really liked hanging out with each other. And then last summer was our 10-year wedding anniversary. I f- surprised found out I was pregnant. Hmm. And it just the very very quick transition to not wanting kids, to all of a sudden being so in love with this little thing that just I'd never seen before and would <laughs> I lost the the I was very it was a very very brief pregnancy. And then so going from not wanting kids to all of a sudden being so in love with my child to now being a mother with no child was so abrupt and so fast and so earth shattering that I think it just kind of made me start to question everything that I used to define myself in a really bold way that I'd never had before. And that's an interesting thing about depression is I realized I was depressed for about six months after I lost my daughter. I just, I realized that depression, I didn't want to fight it. I wanted to use it. I wanted to just go through it mindfully, carefully. I've been working with myself in, in that intimate kind of way for years. So I trusted myself to do this without hurting myself, but I wanted to go through it and see what it did. And what it did I found was just strip me of everything about myself. And it mm-hmm. was like free falling into infinite blackness every day. Oh. It, it was the hardest thing I've ever gone through. And, and kind of this whole relationship with faith and what I believed about God and my relationship to God was all part and parcel of it. I, for the first time in my life, I was openly angry with God. I didn't understand why he brought this baby into my life to rip it away from me. Like it was totally fine without a baby. And it was the first time in my life I went, you know what, God, that really sucked. I didn't deserve it. And Mm -hmm. I like, I don't want to talk to you right now. And that brought up such a faith crisis for me. Such a, when I say faith, I don't mean as in faith in myself, I guess I mean I guess I kind of mean religious, kind of brought up a religious crisis for me that I guess I hadn't realized was still in my psyche mm. was can you be mad at God? Mm. It was just amazing the the darkness and the discomfort that I had that that sort of acted as a catalyst to kick off for me, and then I just decided to let be and it was <laughs> it was It was like running a marathon, an emotional marathon every day.
1: Wow. I love what you said about. Allowing your depression to teach you because I feel like so often we want to get it over with as quickly as possible. And so we fight it.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I think a lot of health things or physical things, we do this, you know, and that's really beautiful that you are able to kind of allow it and, and wait for it to teach you what it was there to teach you because it's there for a reason, right?
0: It is there for a reason. Everything really is there for a reason. I understand that this is true. I feel like I'm still grappling with my relationship to that fact, but I do know mm. that it is a fact <laughs> that everything is <does> <laughs> for a reason. The universe is working this way, is set up this way for a reason. Mm. So that's really, I feel like, our, our little exploration of faith slash internal authority versus church, religion, external authority. Do you have anything else yeah. to add to that, Kristen? Any other thoughts?
1: No, nothing's coming to me right now.
0: Yeah. It's, it's a decision, basically, to yeah. sum up. It's, it's a decision. And it's not for the faint of heart, if I'm being honest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so the practicality of doing this transition is just, you know, it's daily work, daily commitment, daily belief in yourself. Taking baby steps and yeah. just believing that you're not going to let yourself fall and you're, it's going to be hard because you have no proof of it at first. You don't have proof that right. you're going to uh, be able to hold yourself and be, be, able, be able to support yourself through whatever you're coming through. But you can. And so you just have to say that to yourself and take a little baby step at a time. And then you'll have proof that you did that little baby step. And then you can take another one. It's just, it's a yeah. process. It's a process that requires you to be with it every single day.
1: Well, I think internally, we all know that if we if you have sort of a a little voice, if you can hear a little bit of that little voice asking questions or asking you to do something or to think differently, you know that you're never going to be really happy unless you really listen to it and explore yeah. that idea. Yeah, and exactly. as soon as you um, can really do that and move through the discomfort of that because it is so uncomfortable, it is so disorienting, if, if you just I just want to like encourage people that are going through that because um, if you are really uh, determined to really trust that and to move through that discomfort then you will get to really see why you -hmm. will get through it to the other side and Mm -hmm. you will reap the rewards and that's just where I'm just starting to get right now and it's it's amazing. It's like my life is finally making sense and everything is clicking into place. Whereas I've been fighting everything for so long and, um, just know that it will get better.
0: (laughs) Oh, that gave me goosebumps. That's so sweet. Oh, good. And so encouraging. Kristen's a little bit ahead of me on her journey. She started, she started before I did, but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just starting to see it too, starting to feel like, oh my gosh, is that a light at the end of the tunnel? Uh, uh, maybe. <laughs> it's funny because it, it
1: just keeps getting brighter too, because I keep, I keep thinking like, oh, this is so much better. And then it's like, oh, wait, this is so much better. No, wait, this is – and it just keeps getting bigger. So who knows? you know, Talk to me in five years and I'm probably going to be like – Jumping for joy! <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I feel like it. Life keeps getting better than I thought it could be, mm-hmm. and it's really exciting.
0: It <laughs> is so exciting! It's so wonderful. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard, and it's a it's a challenge. It's a huge challenge making oh, yeah. this, this step away, but. I think it's something that one has to do to find who you are and your happiness. So that's going to look different for everybody and feel different for everybody. But like Kristen said, the payoff is just huge. Yeah. And
1: you'll know it when you're there.
0: Well, thank you so much, everybody, for listening. And for anybody wondering, I think I updated this in Apple. I'm not sure if in Spotify, but we've gone to a two-week format because – our lives are getting getting <laughs> real busy here, and get filling up with with soul things that we're loving to do. So uh, we had to switch to a two-week format. So it's every other Friday now. Yeah. Um, yeah. But hope you all got something out of this, and thank you so much for listening. Yeah. See yeah. you next time. Bye, guys.